I'm excited to introduce our guest for today, one of my favorite authors and commentators in the Bitcoin space. He's the author of The Price is Tomorrow. He's been featured in countless news art news publications, including Forbes, Time, Wall Street Journal, and of course, Bitcoin Magazine. He's co-founded, been a part of, and a chairman of, honestly, way too many companies for me to, to name here. Jeff Booth, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? And welcome to the show. Hey, great. Great to see you. Jeff, I, I didn't want to name which one of your companies just popped up on that short list I had. Did you want to highlight any, any of the work you're doing in particular, anything I missed in that introduction? No, no, that, 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 that's good. And uh, I'm involved in tech, a bunch of technology start, startups and, and in that space, there's, there's also risk in that space, but, it's, but, but you have just crazy asymmetric bets as well. That is quite a guitar collection behind you. <laughs> Which one of those guitars is your favorite guitar? Probably, probably the first real one I bought a, a, a Guild. It's too, oh, it's not even in there. It's 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 just <laughs> just the left. So I bought it when I was twenty years old and when wow. when I could afford a nice guitar. So, yeah, very cool. Well, thank you for joining us, Jeff. For uh, for our audience who hasn't had the chance to read the Price of Tomorrow, which. If you have not, you now have a homework assignment this weekend. It will take you just this weekend if you sit down and focus for a few hours to finish it, and then it will take you a lifetime to absorb what you actually teach in that book. Could you just share a little bit about your background first before we dive into how you sort of stumbled into Bitcoin and deeper into the technology space? Yeah, I'd just say I, I, I'm an entrepreneur and always been curious about kind of where to create value and so i i dropped out of school i dropped out of university to start a business and then what you learn through that process is kind of how to create value and and in that it's it's most of the things you end up doing as you as you're creating trying to create value for other people is you realize that you learn more and more you hit walls and you overcome those walls and or you, or you don't and 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 you learn again and so that whole process of being an entrepreneur, just throwing myself into the deep end of, of a whole bunch of first one company and then many different companies was just a massive learning process. And that led to kind of early in the internet adoption, me starting a company called Build Direct that, that kind of had three different iterations on that, that company. It eventually, it, it, at one time it was worth about half a billion dollars, had 350 employees, and and just kind of all the learning that would take place in building companies and scaling companies at that. And what I recognized, and I talked talked about it kind of prior to writing the book for about 10 years, is in that in that company, I saw our first logistics solution, something that took us about five years to develop and, or sorry, two and a half years to develop and $5 million of, of money to develop. I saw that logistics solution turn into something that was essentially free and better than our original solution in the period of about, call it 12 years. And, 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 and I started to think, okay, technology is in, it, it moving into the base layer of everything and it's bringing this efficiency to everything we do. Why aren't things getting cheaper? And that took me down a road of curiosity and, and eventually 
to writing The Price of Tomorrow, where I described what would happen when you had these two giant forces that were exactly opposite colliding into the, each other, one driven, driven by productivity, which would be deflationary, and it was all of our ideas it, where we wouldn't use a new idea unless it gave us value. So that, it just if you just kind of noodle that for a second, that is why technology is is deflationary so it's supposed to free our time it's supposed to deliver us more value but it is is in a system it's against a system that must destroy our value it must we live in an inflationary system that must rob our time and keep us on a hamster wheel moving faster and faster all in the name of protecting more jobs all in the name of paying back debt that can't be repaid and so so when I realized that what the world that my kids would grow up in would look very different than the world I grew up in, I decided to write the the price of tomorrow kind of to bring attention to that core core issue. And and that was one of the fascinating things I think you you explored in the book that the systems in place that were designed were created to have endless inflation, and that was the way we were meant to grow, or at least by by design of the system, that was how we were meant to grow. And yet technology by design is meant to disrupt and break these systems in place. And it has done so repeatedly over the course of history. One of the best examples you cite both in the book as well as in your most recent article was the advent of the digital camera and the way Kodak handled that. And we've seen that sort of transpire across, I think, any sort of industry that now is technologically adept with the exception of our money. And we will get into the Bitcoin of it because this is, of course, a Bitcoin <laughs> show. But I want to just talk about you know, examples that you've noticed in, where, in which technology has attempted to get involved or disrupt a current system in, pra- in place, but that current system was so rigid and almost refused to accept the technology until finally it, it broke in and just it made no sense to not use technology. Yeah, so so what you just asked there is important because it's in everything. It's in absolutely everything. It's how you actually create value. You go up against it, you see the intersection of technology, you time the intersection of technology where, where tech, technology is going to make that difference. And if you're right and you design something that is way more useful for people, you you they move to your new system to to the new to the new product service anything and it moves to and and it destroys a monopoly and a monopoly's action to that is always the same they the uh, a monopoly is designed and, and one thing I, i'm going to just touch on here is is i saw this firsthand in 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 my company that that effectively i pivoted three times and created massive value on, on the backside of the pivot. And when you're a 10 person company pivoting, it's, it's easy. When you're a 50 person company pivoting, it's harder. When you're a 350 person company pivoting to what would deliver value, I underestimated the time that that would take. And here's why I underestimated the time. Even though everybody believed that, that the new path was the right path, you had to recreate an, an entire team to take the new path. And then everybody would go back to their desks and work on the old business. 
and there was no way to so most of the time in the business was protecting the old business and that may, means the transition is really difficult what i found interesting with steve jobs and <clears throat> the way he ran it, that that business was he always isolated the new from the existing and those people were under confidential confidentiality agreements. They were locked in a different building. They were completely separated from the existing mothership until such time that the new was able to be launched to the market. Because, because, the, because the organization that does something else is inhibited to do the new because it destroys everything that they do. And it's just a normal reaction that people try to pr protect. So Kodak invented the digital camera and the founder of the digital camera tried twice, I think his name's Sasson, tried twice to the executive to say, here's how much value we could create from, from this. And the organization doing something different <clears throat> blocked it all the time. And, and, an int interesting insight into that is, is is what an organization does well predictable to be able to stop to to stop that innovation. What they're doing is protecting the people closest to the organization. All in Kodak's case, all their distributors, film producers, every all of their relationships, which is quite predictable. Well, the technology delivers value to people that are furthest away from the organization, whether that's new entrepreneurs wanting to create that technology to create a different way of exposing value, or it's users using that value. That's why, that's why, that, that's why the opportunity exists. And that same thing, that same thing happens with Netflix, Netflix blockbuster, it happens in every single industry all the time. And once you start moving faster, when you, you deliver that type of value to, to end users, now you can create in, in a different way. The thing that protected the monopoly actually kills the monopoly because their, their greatest strength turns into their greatest liability. If you, I'll use another example, Sears greatest strength, all of the stores turned it into its greatest liability against Amazon. And so all of the costs, capital costs, the supply chain of servicing those stores was more expensive than Amazon's way of delivering value. The, the, the stores couldn't bring on millions of products because they had limited shelf space. Amazon could bring on hundreds of millions of products. And so, so the thing that actually gives the, the opportunity to the new value if that person is right, or if that entrepreneur is right, also destroys the existing monopoly because the advantage shifts really quickly. And what's happening to money right now, at, at the highest level that we could imagine, which informs everything else we're building, that's what's happening to money right now. But we've never seen that happen to money. So we would not, we would not be used to seeing that happen. And, and remember what I just said, if everyone in the system in the existing system cannot see kind of the new innovation or the change in people's attitudes once they're using the new innovation and how fast they change, then they're very unlikely to see how to, uh, to move. The, the, the reaction is pretty typical across every single industry that you, you look at. I want to, if we can explore the present day fiat money that we have and, and just, on that for a moment, what are, what is the value that was promised when the world post-World War II decided to use 
the US dollar as this global reserve currency. And then again, in the 70s, when we removed ourselves from the gold standard, what was the value proposition in those iterations of money? Yeah, and 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 remember, uh, if you could, I, I've posted this a couple of times, but but if it's possible that humans could manipulate money for their gain against other and somebody else's pain against for other humans, history says they will. So not they might, they will. So if a if a, if a currency is able to be manipulated, it will be manipulated. And and so the the design with the U.S kind of being in the strongest position after World War II, the design of the monetary system had gold backing and Bretton Woods in the U.S. dollar. And even Keynes, who many people completely, I, I think he would roll over in his grave if he actually saw what's actually been done under his name, because he, were, he, he, was, uh, he advocated for a bank corps that wouldn't allow, that would be more, more like a neutral reserve asset, seeing what, what, what could happen with a, if a if a currency held a reserve currency and tied to gold because then when us went off the gold reserve essentially they pushed the pain they defaulted and they pushed the pain to all of the other countries and 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 then in reaction to that created the petrodollar system which took which effectively meant us got free energy everybody else paid for energy and and to get that free energy they needed a military industrial complex to make sure that shipping lanes and, and countries stayed in stayed in line because if you didn't sell your energy in US dollars you were outside of a system so so you couldn't transact in the system or you were invaded and so that system and and while it had many negative repercussions it actually drove the world order and it drove kind of a lot of people out of poverty and it was it was a system but it that that worked for some time but again it requires manipulation and greater and greater manipulation all the time so today we live in that system where two percent inflation isn't enough to pay that back and what it means is other nations need to sell their labor their 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 reserves in something that needs to devalue by eight or ten percent a year, and so that that monetary system is breaking down again. And and you can and when you say the design of the system, it like these things just kind of start. To, so yes, Bretton Woods was a design of the system, but there was until Bitcoin, there were there was always a design of a system requiring a hard asset and then a, a debt based system on top of that. To be able to to be able to create a velocity of money, to be able to transaction tra transact in, with Bitcoin, which is very different, the velocity of money is in the network itself, and so you don't need the debt, you don't need the giant credit based system that always gets away on itself to be able to to transact or to be able to pass value in the new system. Now I wanna I wanna discuss shifting to this new system and i love the blockbuster netflix analogy if you're not aware netflix literally went to blockbuster offered the entire company to blockbuster blockbuster scoffed said no and you know how history played out from there so um, just before you go there <clears throat> sure. keep in keep in mind because people people say that and oh what dummies right what uh, the executives at blockbuster were dummies but it, all it is is a slight change. And at that time, 
Netflix was a, a, a CD delivery business, it's delivering or sorry, delivering movies th- uh, through the mail and delivering and back. And it wasn't a very good business. What changed is technology technology moved faster and a dial-up modem or that that would take forever to download a movie changed and you could stream a movie. And and that change changed everything. So again, what the executives at Blockbuster, just like the executives in any industry, just like the the people that are running the Federal Reserve, just like the the your elected leaders all over the world, the real mistake is not understanding the trend to technology and what would come next as a result of things moving faster, not what existed right when they were making deciding on that transaction. It was missing how fast technology was moving, and that would that speed rate of technology moving would change everything else. Sorry. No, please do not apologize, Jeff. I've learned so much listening to you explain things and reading your writings. But I want to use that model of how the value proposition of technology caught up and people saw the viability of, hey, for me, it was I transitioned from LimeWire to Netflix. That was my transition. The value proposition of Netflix made it so it was more accessible for me. As we see the value proposition of Bitcoin increase. As we see opportunities to use, interact, and even just hold and store our Bitcoin all the way to using it as a pricing mechanism, would these count as an increase in value proposition so that it feels as though the right path to global mass adoption would be a more organic, natural effect rather than court orders or issuances saying or decrees saying Bitcoin is now our nation's currency rather than, oh, we've seen this work. Why not? Why don't we use it within our community and let it expand further from there? No different than what we saw in El Zante and El Salvador to a degree. Yeah. And that, that's exactly what's, that's what's happening. And, and it's, it's why with ego death capital, we're investing on layer two, layer three solutions on top of on top of Bitcoin. But if you actually go back in time, and this is what I wrote in the latest article, Finding Signal in a Noisy World, what I uh, explored there is why it would be normal that people would kind of create all these altcoins and scams and why it would be normal that a whole bunch of people would build on top of that because they hadn't done the work on top of the uh, on top of the base layer and they didn't see another alternative to deliver value. So they thought, okay, I'll just copy this with a little tweak and in so it has more block size or something like that, and I can scale it and create an industry and why that would fail. So and and so I recently had a call from one of the major VCs, and that and and that and that VC said to a general partner there and said, listen, we would invest in literally anything that you are investing in will follow on on because you're right on the ecosystem. You're right on Bitcoin as a, as a protocol technology. And you're also right that we invested in a whole bunch of these things that would never work long-term, but we didn't realize it at the time, but there is no way to invest on top of Bitcoin because the ecosystem wasn't in layers yet. So it wasn't able to be able to, it didn't look like a proto, it didn't look like a protocol in, in a stacked uh, solution. And so remember, TCPIP came out of DARPA in, in the late 60s, but it wasn't until HTTP layer four in 1989 
that was the advent of the World Wide Web and everything we see today. And so those layers harden over time and they become, because when you're building that protocol type of layer and you don't see what's going to be available until the next part of that layer of the protocol is, is, is developed, which brings a whole bunch more value and a whole bunch more innovation to the space. So Bitcoin through Lightning, Liquid, a whole bunch of other different layer two, layer three solutions fed is turning into that layered approach protocol layer. And there's a, a world of opportunity coming. Now, I sit in a fortunate seat that I get to see what's coming because I get to play in a, play in a seat. There's, we've, we've already looked at over 300 companies and we haven't announced the next two yet, but we've already, we have lead term sheets on, on, on two more coming and a whole bunch more in the pipeline that, uh, that we're investing in. And so you see with the, the ideas and the entrepreneurs that are building on top of this that literally change the everything about this network. So you have network effects of Bitcoin itself as a store of value being reinforced by network effect of lightning as a payment mechanism. And, and, and when tarot comes out, as tarot comes out and a whole bunch of Fetty comes out, a whole bunch of these that, that one plus one plus one equals 37 because, because you have all of these new ideas that can now sit on top of, a, of in a protocol and all be from a base layer of sound, sound, sound money. So it literally changed. In, in fact, it would, it'd be so difficult for governments to turn that off because by turning it off or, or to stopping it, what they're essentially saying is we don't want to participate for our citizens in the future of the internet. It would be like, it would be like what it looks like in North Korea. So they can, they can, stop themselves from doing it and they can they can in turn hurt their citizens share of share of the future growth of the world but they can't but they can't stop the network hey guys this is q from bitcoin magazine live this podcast is brought to you by our sponsor bitmex bitmex is one of the biggest supporters of the bitcoin space in the last decade actively donating to developers and putting out some of the most cited research articles what you might not know is that BitMEX recently launched a brand new spot exchange and mobile app that takes the experience of buying and holding to the next level. We know that, especially in uncertain market conditions, you need an exchange that is trustworthy and innovative. Sign up at BitMEX.com today, check out the BitMEX blog for some great market insights, and stay tuned to our podcast for more from their team. As the world moves increasingly towards the mainstream adoption of Bitcoin, Moon Mortgage makes it possible to materialize your digital assets. Collateralized loans are great for living expenses, buying a car, or even for when you just have to have that sweet Rolex. But what isn't so great is when you then lose the ability to trade your assets once your loan has been taken out. So just like you, Moon Mortgage believes you should be able to have your cake and eat it too. Moon Mortgage's Trade and Borrow is the world's first digital asset loan margin account allowing you to instantly trade your Bitcoin while borrowing against your account, all with next to zero insolvency risk, no origination fees, nor any third-party risk, as Moon Mortgage will never lend out your digital assets. Welcome to the future of collateralized lending. Visit moonmortgage.io today to learn how you can trade, borrow, and then trade your digital assets some more. Bitcoin Magazine and the team that brought you the world's largest Bitcoin conference is bringing the mission of hyper-Bitcoinization global with the inaugural European gathering this fall. Bitcoin Amsterdam takes place October 12th through 14th at the beautiful Westergaas venue in the heart of the city. 
Join thousands of Bitcoiners for three days of curated Bitcoin content that is relevant to the emerging Bitcoin scene in Europe and the global movement. Confirmed speakers include Dr. Adam Back, Alex Gladstein, Greg Foss, Ray Youssef, and many, many more. This will be an immersive conference which includes hands-on engagements at our Proof of Workshop stage, as well as exclusive content for VIP whales in the deep. Bitcoin Amsterdam's exclamation point will be a massive Bitcoin party and music festival that you won't want to miss. The European installment of Sound Money Fest takes place on day three of the event, October 14th, and admission is included with GA and whale passes. Check out all the details at b.tc forward slash conference and use promo code BMLIVE for 10% off. Ticket prices increase on August 21st, so grab your tickets today for €299 for a GA ticket and €3,499 for VIP whale passes. If you're like me and want to gain a deeper understanding of what's going on within the Bitcoin market and broader macro environment, you need to subscribe to Bitcoin Magazine Pro today. There's both a free and paid version of this daily newsletter where our market analysts break down what's going on in the markets so you don't have to. Subscribe today at BitcoinMagazinePro.com. First off, I absolutely love, and I sent it in our chat as well, Ego Death might be one of the best names of a company just ever. Absolutely for a VC firm, but up there as a top five company name all time. I'm asking this because I have tried I have listened to you give this explanation on countless shows and I cannot ever explain it as well as you can, but I want to explore two topics. Firstly, we we touched a little bit just now on just the different layers that both the internet protocol has as well as Bitcoin network. Could we dive a little bit deeper and give a a a a more nuanced example so people can really start to see and, and connect the dots of what the base layer of the Bitcoin is as it relates back to the base layer of the internet, as well as the error protocols that I have, I swear to you, Jeff, I've listened to you explain this maybe close to a hundred times and I can't even do it half as well as you. So for the sake of my friends who are watching, can you help also explain how those 400 errors that were built into the internet's protocol layer help to explain what Bitcoin is and why it is actually the internet's money? Maybe. <laughs> um, so so we've never had something decentralized and secure. Uh, secure. So, so I mean, never in history have humans had decentralization and security together. So what we did throughout time is created institutions to protect to protect us from the institutions so institutions and then rule of law to protect us from those institutions getting out of hands and why we did that is because the free market is the best way to deliver value to society because there's more shots on net more ideas to be able to del- to del- deliver value and this has a really important part point into cbdc's ask me that afterwards and why that's important but 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 first we've never had decentralization security together and and i I, most people on this uh, call would know how that works with bitcoin but if you don't if you could if you went through the finding signal and a noise you can see why that it is so solid why it can't be changed and it's and why it's it's very novel never had it so we so we we created things like the Magna Carta where, or the Declaration of Independence or the Bill of Rights, where we enshrined rights to citizens 
to protect them from the state getting too too big. But what ends up happening over and over, and, and, and so now carry that forward. Everywhere that was done, where citizens had more power over the state, you had thriving economies. U.S. is a really great example, founded on hard money, the Declaration of Independence, and enshrined a free, mar free market attitude, which had more shots on net, delivered value to society, and became a world superpower, a global superpower as a result of that. And, and you had people all over the world wanting to come to the U.S. to be able to, to, to build on to that because they were free to actually create value. But what ends up happening, because money is more powerful than laws, is laws change over time to protect money. And, and, and it, you can see that that's true, because if it weren't true, then, then the places with the most broken money would have the best laws. And so over time, because money is more powerful than laws and the people that get closer and closer to the money printing design the laws and they change the laws and they lobby to create the laws and they can hold up laws because they have more money. They can essentially take people off the system to be able to change the, the laws. Mon that that money, money being broken always changes that relationship to the free market over, over time. And those things that we did, we decide those laws that we decide to protect us from the state end up move, going away and economies fail as a result. So when you have something that's decentralized and secure by design, it is, a, and it's never existed before, then that what, and we, and we always needed to create these institutions to be able to protect us, then, then you have to also, as a byproduct, look back through history and you have to say, if we've never had this before, then all of our historic biases were on different systems. And that what I just said there is a really big change. So now if you have that decentralized and security together as a base layer, now in layers, you can build, build more functionality in layers that doesn't sacrifice the core layer. That doesn't, it, everything reinforces to that core, la core layer. And when pe people say Bitcoin fixes this, I know it's a catch-all and everything else, but it literally fixes everything else. It just it aligns it aligns human nature to the best in us rather than the worst in us. I love that, and, and I know you don't mean it in jest, but that conversation or that statement of you know Bitcoin fixes this, Bitcoin fixes that, Bitcoin solves so many of the world's problems. I think you're you're alluding to the fact that so many of the world's problems are caused by this manipulated and corrupt money. And if we fix the money, we can fix the world in turn. Uh, I want to just give you the opportunity to, to poke at a little bit of some of the things that are corrupt with our system. We pulled up Dewan Hoddle's comment where you were essentially describing the current system and it essentially sounded very similar to a proof of stake model, which we won't, we won't bring up the other cryptocurrency that is apparently going to switch by tomorrow. P, just a reminder, if that happens, you are eating shoe leather. You better <laughs> not go into hiding and disappear on us. But Jeff, what are what are some of the things in, in this current system where you just, you see it and you you smack your head and, and ask yourself, how are you the person in charge of the money? How are you doing this? If this is so wrong. What are those types of actions? So and you've heard me talk about this. It's a system problem and people are in the system and they think that it, so, and they think they're doing good or they, they actually, 
there's there's evil in any system there's great most people are are, are biased towards the good but Ultimately, this is a system problem that can't be solved by, by, by the system. Because let's just explore what that would look like solving it for, by the system. I could have stopped my book at technology is deflationary, exclamation mark. And asked, and, 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 and because I, I can't believe people do, can, can, can actually hear that, not, to, not disagree with it, completely agree with it. And then concurrently go and say, okay, but we should live in a system that's designed around inflation. And, and that is the, that's the break because most people you ask say, believe, and, and if their belief, if they'll reinforce what their belief is, they'll keep on, they'll keep on giving power to that. They believe that a productive economy is, requires a 2% inflation or 5% inflation or 3% inflation. They believe that a productive economy requires inflation and they've never done the work to say, why, why is that true? And, and I would grant it, grant that a debt based economy requires inflation at a greater and greater layer all, all the time, because otherwise the debt collapses and you have nothing. And if the entire economy is built, built on that credit, that the money in your bank isn't actually your money, it's a credit credit note, then the entire economy fails if you allow deflation. But that is a different problem than technology is deflationary or why why is it a requirement that we lose money every year to live in a productive society and if you just focus there forget all of the other nonsense you realize that there's 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 an error code in the existing in the existing money that can't solve this problem then you then you go to this a solution set and you say what could solve that problem what could transition us where the abundance gained from our technology is broadly distributed? What could, because what's happening right now is that abundance gained from technology, every time things drop in price or are supposed to drop in price, you have to print more money to be able to make them to offset that lower price. So you have to concentrate that wealth and fewer and fewer and fewer in hands by design instead of letting prices fall but it all comes from a system problem now but if you i am glad you poked on it now go to that system problem and you say okay i'm in the system i'm chairman powell what do i do what do you do so if you keep tightening if you keep tightening policy what i just described that credit will Will eventually roll over and it'll start co collapsing and that collapse will go faster and faster and faster and jo joblessness and then house prices and every price will keep keep on falling until there's a massive liquidity injection but the massive liquidity inje injection is essentially stealing people's time and just and, and and concentrating concentrating that wealth in fewer and fewer hands at the same time and this is a global system so what would you what would you do if you're if you're him or what would you do if you're anybody in that system because i'm sure they don't want everybody to starve to death as every every bank fails every system fails so you need a transmission mechanism that slowly transitions something from one side to the to, to the other what's happening with bitcoin is it's that transmission mechanism that is repricing everything over time and 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 
and that repricing. So I, I suspect it's everything in, in the world is going to be divided by 21 million as, as Knut sa says, but it's going to take a whole bunch of time to get there. So in, if you're living in the existing world, measuring price of Bitcoin in the existing world or measuring your house in the existing world, it will look like your house of value is going up. But what's actually happening is to, to Bitcoin house values will fall to the margin, to the utility value. You know, they, there was that chart that I don't think we have on hand of when the Fed released a, a report about, well, if you price a dozen eggs in Bitcoin, this is what it looks like. And you could actually see the deflationary aspect of pricing some good in Bitcoin with a deflationary money actually drove the prices lower versus the fiat dollar amount continue to see that inflation compound no less and see those prices rise. You mentioned that you saw the world that you, your kids were going to live in being so vastly different than the world that you live in. I'm curious, what are what are some lessons you are instilling in your kids today to prepare them for this changing tomorrow? Well, they're really close to obviously Bitcoin, Lightning, everything else. They, that ecosystem and as a byproduct i bring them to a bunch of the different concept to the bunch of the different events around the world and meet other bitcoiners so they so they understand but they're also close to a whole bunch of my friends that quite honestly live in the other system and 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 this isn't the thing they talk about all the all the time because they don't know what's happening so so what what do i teach them i teach them curiosity i teach them that they're responsible for the way they the the way the world looks to them that that it's it's mostly their ideas and and if if you don't like the world the way the world looks it's a mere reflection showing back at you so it's change you not the wor world but but i but i try to te teach in other words i teach them accountability in that so that they that that that, that they're that that they can create any world they want. They can do whatever they want. They don't need money. It, it, you could li li literally live if you wanted to move somewhere off grid. You could literally live for not very much money if that's what you wanted to do and be and be really happy. It's our own view of the world that that reinforces back uh, back against us. And so I just want uh, for me, I just want them to be ha happy in the overall world we're living in. Um, that's easier to say than it's uh, done. It's actually, I have to ask myself the same question. We could be on Twitter and we could say, we could be in a little silo ourselves and feedback and, and reinforce our own thoughts by people who reinforce us all the time. And we could be more and more polarizing to other people that we, that, that, that we like. And, and what I realized is there's nothing I can do from the existing system breaking down. There's nothing I can do. This existing system will break down and it's going to get worse and worse and worse. And that's going to create a whole bunch of pain that it's, that it's easy to go to a dark place and, 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 and spend all your time in a dark place because of the pain that that's going to cause. The only thing I can do is spend all of my time influencing the world I want to see. In fact, why, why I started ego death is because of that, because I wanted to spend my time with the builders of the future rather than where we were where we were going in the existing system so that's and 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 i hope that they'll do the same thing there's something that we've been you've been touching on a little bit and and i do appreciate and it's this idea that 
the systems in place sort of have guided people and the decisions that we've seen be made almost have these like this framework that we work around and work in within. I'm curious though, on your thoughts of accountability, because as we witness this system crumbling before our eyes, eventually it will break. Uh, how are you looking for accountability to the people who maybe participated in that system and benefited or even help exaggerate the pains to a point where they, you could point a finger and say this was actually a far greater cause to the system deteriorating? First, if you, if you realize, so here's a really simple analogy to be able to do this. If you, uh, if you lived, if you were an executive at Sears from 1995 to 2010 versus you were an executive at Amazon, you saw two totally different worlds. And, and, and in the one world, it got worse and worse and worse and worse for you. And then it's the, and then your business died. And on the other, it got better and better and better. That's what's happening here. It's just at a more profound level than, than a company level, Sears and Amazon. It's at a base layer of money. And, and that describe that also describes, and not everybody's going to see it. Like the free market is, is ensures that not everybody's going to see it. An asymmetric, an asymmetric bet requires that the majority of people don't see it. So this is an asymmetric bet, but it's not just an asymmetric bet. It's a protocol technology, protocol layer technology that we can't see what's going to be available until the next layer is developed. So that's why it's hard to see. People are looking backwards at this instead of forwards at this. Same thing that the, that Blockbuster did with Netflix. They're looking backwards instead of forwards. So if you understand where this is going, that creates tons of opportunity and a really exciting world to be a part of. And as more and people understand that, now I'm going to pause there because here's what ends up happening. When people move to fear or or scarcity mindset, their minds constrict and they can't see all of the options in front of them. They they typically make worse and worse decisions and they lock in and they think it's the world conspiring against them and it's them conspiring against the world because they don't have the they don't have a framework to be able to understand what's what's happening when you can actually just be logical and say okay where do i want this like even if you how we how i'm talking about this okay propose me another solution that works as well as bitcoin and and i'd be open to it i'm going to look at it but i haven't seen anything i haven't seen i so i i hear people say we won't let the existing system collapse and all the power that it resides in this existing system. I'm not going to come into Bitcoin because of that, because of that power, because one day they're going to shut it off and they hate the existing system. Yet they're giving it more power by making that decision and each choice they're going to make that choice. And, but more and more people are starting to come over more and more products are being built on top of this. More and more value is going to be built on top of this. And it's going to, yes, the people that are early into this and creating value on top of it are going to create a whole bunch of wealth, but more so they're actually every single person that's doing it is actually creating wealth for all humanity by doing so. So they're building the bridge that more and more people can walk across and people will walk across that in due time. I just want to echo Please. something you, you just said that I think is so profound and I think risks not being acknowledged as such. That when people are opposite are operating in a scarcity mindset, their options in their own mind narrow significantly. 
And I think it's so significant and profound because that is the mindset that, in my opinion, the majority of the broader media and the government messaging around the world that we are in today is focused on creating. It's focused on trying to create a scarcity mindset in people so that they are more willing to accept these Orwellian restrictions. Yeah. And now, P, if you go to what I was, uh, I said I'd come back to afterwards, imagine a CBDC. So, so just imagine other nations trusting China's CBDC. Probably not going to be the reserve currency of the world. It's, just, it's illogical to, to, uh, to think that every other nation is going to trust a, a new nation currency to, to do that. So now imagine a number of CBDCs. What that means is because the manipulation of currency, the only reason it can continue to exist is through coercion. It needs to destroy the free markets and it needs to to drive coercion as part of the plan. So misinformation is it is part of it. Whether implied whether real or implied, there's a whole bunch of people. And they might tell themselves this. We have to do it to if you look at Klaus and that whole whole game, we have to do this to protect all those stupid people from starving. They might actually believe it. And 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 we're only and we're only in this position because money was manipulated in the first place that we get around to be able to 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 destroy the free free market, and then and then the free market of ideas, my book for instance, was a shot against that where it just simply says why don't prices fall when technology makes them fall, which is an entirely different idea than the way of the world today. But if you if you go to if if you just keep going and saying, if we couldn't see how we would change from for me, I, I, I use this example often. I used to use a BlackBerry, and I used that BlackBerry, and and I was guaranteed I would never change my BlackBerry. I loved my BlackBerry. I loved my buttons on my BlackBerry. And so when the iPhone came out, and everybody said it, I thought it was a toy, and then I saw it. And immediately it changed. So let's call it three years. Steve Jobs is developing the the iPhone before I knew. All the while, everything is good, and he has this idea to launch that I couldn't see. And then I couldn't understand when it was there. It was a, like a zero to one moment when it was there. My mind changed instantly, and now I chose something new that gave me more value. And and that new value changed changed uh, Apple, and it changed an entire industry and BlackBerry. Fade, faded off into the distance as, as a result. So now, if I can't see my own change, and I'm pretty good at understanding where technology is going, timing and everything else, and I can't see my own change or what was coming to inspire that change three years before that change happened, how is it that any central authority could decide all of our actions before they're there? And what you'll see in that is why a CBDC will never work because it, it, it says that central control can understand all of our actions before, before it's there. It's impossible. Now it's that, it's that last statement that I both love and want to explore. And it's the fact that a CBDC cannot work. I love your explanation of if someone, if people can corrupt money, they will. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. But with all of these in mind, 
I unfortunately, and I think all of us would be in agreement that the attempts to create CBDCs will not stop, nor will the attempts to create other forms of cryptocurrencies. And these attempts will continue to stop. Yeah. I, I'm curious, are these explorations of this form of technology any way hindering both the growth of Bitcoin and the legitimacy of Bitcoin? I think it accelerates it. I think it accelerates it all over the world. I think the, the this this is already this is unstoppable. It's inevitable. It's going to be messy on the way through. And if you understand how much how how much everything is mispriced in the world and the control structures to misprice everything, that being on the wrong side of that fence at any given time, it's going to be chaotic. It's going to be really chaotic. But I suspect this is inevitable just because the game theory and mechanics into this and all of the value creation that people will not give up. When you when you deliver a value that is that much more valuable to society, people change, just like I did with my iPhone. Now remember the iPhone 10 years before that, there was a Palm Pilot that was similar, but it wasn't the timing that the were and 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 not everybody changed. Today what's happening with what's coming on top of these layers on top of Bitcoin, or Bitcoin alone is a protocol, but on to, on top of that it's literally unstoppable. And my my next question again, I want to I'm a plain devil's advocate here. I want to figure out where where is the weakness in Bitcoin? And one of my fears right now is a lot of the regulatory efforts. Do you pay any of this any mind? Do you care what a politician does or say? I feel like Bitcoiners are are all across the spectrum. Some are so passionately passionate while others couldn't give a flying fuck who who the president is or what they say yeah the all of these things are probably more nuanced and 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 just like i don't have all the best ideas all the time other people are saying it their way bringing other people on their way but what i will say is is the leaders will change too we 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 give our leaders too much power and think they know better everywhere else because we give them power and we 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 make this opaque institution we give it so much power by saying they'll do this they'll do this what if they do when we have all the power just more people just walk across the bridge i'm going to highlight this so when i was in when i was in oslo i could not believe that all of these freedom fighters are talking about the exact same thing in their different countries and and if they got elected, it would look exactly the same because they would because they'd have to manipulate money further. It would just be a different face on that pro- problem, and it would look exactly the same. And so, I I actually was a little bit I, I would say coming away from that and understanding that some of the people that should know most why Bitcoin is important know least. I I was I was disheartened, and then we and and, and then we went up to Lofoten with with this small group of Bitcoiners and some of those activists all over the world. And the and the rightful president of Venezuela said said after after that he said, "Here I was with all of these followers." thinking that I could make make change. And on the front line of this change, he was jailed. He was in solitary confinement for five years. And and coming out and all of these followers that and I was cut off from the system from from money. And so here I am on the front lines thinking thinking this. And then seeing other countries, activists in their countries on different front lines. And then seeing Bitcoin on their own front lines. And I didn't realize that it's the same front line. 
it was always, always about money. And unless that's fixed, there is no solve to the, the system. So when you can start to activate people that see what it's really about, that have all of these, and they start to move over and they start to bring more and more people, it just accelerates. And that's why you're seeing the network effects on Bitcoin and Lightning and 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 every, the entire ecosystem accelerate. It, it's it's so going back to going back to giving the state too much power you give the state too much power because you think you don't have a voice you think you don't have, you and 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 you don't do the things you'll do so i think they say 3% of a population stands up against something stands up against the state the state's over but never, very rarely does 3% of a population stand up against. Most people hide from, from the state. In this case, you don't have to hide. You just move. You just move and you defund the state by, by moving and you give more power to the network. I want to... If, if we can't Sorry, explain... Can I, can I just... Because, because you just leave yourself up for a sec. But, the, but, but also... Those people in the old monopolies, in the old company, they age out and new people replace them. And if there's a massive amount of younger people that are un understand this and why that's more important, the more people that start to understand it, elect new leaders and things change. And so we, we get, and I say the broader we, because people want Bitcoin to go up to 100,000 tomorrow, they, they, they're in this, what's going on right now? What's, what's the thing? What is the one person who's going to change this? What is the one person who I bring on that changes everything? And it doesn't look like that. It's an emergent network that gets stronger and stronger and stronger while the existing network gets weaker and weaker and, and, and weaker. And that's actually what you want in the network transition. Yes, it's going to be messy. Yes, there's going to be two years ago, I, I, I wrote the, 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 something called The Greatest Game. And if you follow what's happening in the greatest game from the existing system, it's, it's just playing out exactly like, like I wrote would happen in that, in, in that, in that article. And so, yes, this is an emergent system. It's early. It's an asymmetric bet, but it's way more than an asymmetric bet of, of, of money. Everything, everything on Bitcoin, everything against Bitcoin will fall in price forever. It's, if you're saying Bitcoin will rise in price forever, what you're actually stepping in the trap of is falling into the error code of the existing system. I, I'm curious, and, and if you can't comment, just given your closeness to what happened in Canada back in January, I do want to just discuss a little bit of how a group of citizens who maybe weren't even aware or using Bitcoin had Bitcoin almost forced as a use case to them. And as we see around the world, more and more issues pop up in countries that are considered developed nations, as well as those are that are considered still developing. Do you anticipate more instances where citizens are going to be forced into Bitcoin as a life raft? Or do you think people will continue to organically discover this? So, so in Oslo, one of the, so I think many people here know I was on, on the freedom fight. I was an advocate for the freedom fight. I was held a, a key in the Bitcoin wallet. So I was part of the, part of that with Greg Foss and others. And I, and I said, yes, not because the trucker specifically, I said, yes, because it's our right 
to stand up and 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 the, um, and and peacefully protest. It's a right, and if you actually abuse that right by by taking it away, it's a it's a really bad thing for humanity. And 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 then when I saw what happened to me and and others, I thought my bank account was going to be be frozen. I probably had leather by seventy percent of the population believed that that was the right thing to do from from the government because the media is the government and the and and the messaging. So you had you had the majority coming after those people for standing up for individual rights and freedoms, which which I found so egregious. Now, that was really hard to go through a time where where all your companies are facing a tax factor. Me personally, potentially being excluded from a financial market that for doing nothing wrong in retrospect and changing the laws in retrospect afterwards and saying these is that we need emergency powers and then take people that had donated before and say they're included in this. So so we crossed we crossed some real red lines there in, in Canada. But what I didn't realize and this I didn't realize it until I went to Oslo where Ludmila came up to me and she was in the Ukraine and she she said what you did saved countless lives in the Ukraine. And I went like you just really perplexed and and so she went on to this story about when it, when when canada did that and all nations looked at it, this could happen in canada it could happen everywhere it got us really thinking more about what bitcoin could do to to, to help be a positive force and then when russia invaded what what we what we did is we just blueprinted exactly what you did and we had Bitcoin donations we had, and as a result, we had hard hats, medical supplies, and vests out to the field the same day, versus all the bank accounts, all the banks being locked. So, so and that's probably you never know the impact you're going to make. You never know the impact. So, do the right thing. Just do the right thing. And make and 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 so that was a really powerful moment. But that powerful moment that I was not expecting because it didn't look powerful. <laughs> inside my family and what that looked like. But it was a really powerful moment to hear what ended up happening in other parts of the world as a result and more adoption to Bitcoin as a result. Thank you for that. And Jeff, seriously, thank you for a lot of the work that you do intentionally and sometimes as you as you very quickly learn unintentionally. Like I've learned so much from you and this is our first interaction in person and I'm even learning even more just in this conversation. So I'm going to say thank you a lot, just as a heads up. I'm that kind of guy. <laughs> it takes a village <laughs> and all of the people in this, what you guys do, it just, it just, it, it, this community is something so special and, and broadly a community. We all think about it differently. We all show up differently, but it takes, it takes everybody in, in doing this. And, and again, we're, I think everybody in doing this is building the bridge for everybody else to walk across. Absolutely. I, I want to ask about ego death a little bit. And I know you guys were instrumental in funding Fediments. And I'd love to just hear what you and the team at ego death saw in Fediments for the potential of its future and what you guys look for in other potential investment vehicles. 
So in, in FETI specifically, now remember, Fediment is the open source. FETI is the company on top uh, that's that's designing a company value out, out of that. And there could, so there could be hundreds of competitors to FETI. So we'll see how, how they do. But what I saw is, is I saw a leader in Obi that I really liked. I really liked his integrity. I liked his, his values. I spent a lot of time with him in, in Norway. And then and it was actually on the plane back from Lufoten that, that I said to him, so that, that wasn't a company. He, I don't think he had thought about creating a company there yet. But I was frustrated because, because I thought we needed a billion people on this network as fast as possible. And what would be some of the tooling that would to allow billions of people to, or, uh, to come on? Because I was frustrated with the rate of even people who needed it most, if you look at those freedom activists, that they didn't understand it because it was complex and, and holding keys and how that would look. So I was I was pushing a conversation with the, actually the freedom activists, which and then everybody was sleeping on the plane, and 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 I was willing to look at any sort of vehicle to 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 fund to be able to drive that adoption. And Obi joined us at the front of the plane, and that's where. That's where the idea to create to create Fetty was born. And I've actually said this to a number of the LPs in, in the fund. You don't actually know some of these things that are emerging. We're really excited about two more of the 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 uh, the, uh, the things that we're funding uh, shortly. Announcements shortly. Really excited. But you don't know some of the things that are going to emerge and how those will emerge until you actually get deep into the weeds and say, okay, how could this look? If there's everybody's competing, let's say on, on, on wallets and, and you're going to have a red ocean of all these wallets, what comes, comes in? Do you want to just compete just on the wallet or what else is a transitionary layer that actually creates more value to be bring, bring people on, on the network faster? So, and in that I've just been blown away by all of the ideas. It's just, it's, it's it's really exciting. Obviously, we can't fund every one. We're gonna we're gonna miss some really good ones uh, as well. There's other great VCs in this space, but 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 it's it's a wildly exciting time to be to to be a builder in this ecosystem and being able to support entrepreneurs in this ecosystem. P, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, excuse me. I was just gonna say for the audience briefly. As you said, Jeff, Mint is the technology, is the company Fetty, which is super interesting. I'm really, really excited that you guys are, are, are supporting that, that company and that initiative. There's an amazing website that I would encourage anyone who is curious about what Fetty Mint is and why it is such an exciting technology, and that is FettyMint.org. That's F-E-D-I Mint.org. And I'll just say very briefly that, you know, as Odell says, the... People will use the technology that solves their needs the most simply. And yeah. so there's this huge spectrum of custody solutions that exist within the Bitcoin space. You know, we talk about this a lot on this show, you know, the dangers of keeping your Bitcoin on an exchange, because again, if you keep your Bitcoin on an exchange, you don't actually own any Bitcoin. All you have is an IOU and you are dependent on and trusting that exchange to give you that Bitcoin. And as we've seen recently, they don't always do that. And so Fediment is this really, really cool technology that creates a that allows you to explore the middle ground between being like an individual who has full self custody using like multi sig and you know all the stuff, and then on the other end of the spectrum you have sort of you know an exchange 
And Fediment allows you to do things like leverage existing trust structures and community in really, really powerful ways. And most importantly, with the work that Fedi and others are doing, it makes it possible in an extremely intuitive and simple way. So I think it's definitely going to be one of the primary technologies that allows us to scale Bitcoin to billions of people. I also think it's a it's in, because it's not all on chain as as more does that it's a lightning scaler as well. Yes, so, absolutely. So some of, when when some of these things come together, they create more and more value for all of the different part participants in, in in the system. And and when you think about how this is going to be used, one of the other things people might want to do is is on the Telegram group follow Fatim, follow Fatiman, and you'll see just countless ideas. I can't keep up to it. The ideas of but what could come next on top of on top of this it's like a, it almost sounds and i am the least technically savvy person of our trio by far but it sounds to me like it's almost like a little branch and we can build further off of the bitcoin network but as well can build specific solutions for fedi and fediment products or fediment to the fediment network is that an I, accurate way yeah. of testing that? I, I, I don't know if I like it as a branch, more yeah. as a layer. <laughs> yeah, as a layer mm -hmm. that that comes back down to the Bitcoin network. So everything is, 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 is through those on and off ramps. Everything comes back uh, down to the Bitcoin network. Fair enough. I do not listen to a word I say when it comes to technical <laughs> stuff. Listen to these two, not me. You're, you're too humble. You're too humble. Check out fediment.org though. They've got some really, really well-drawn illustrations that just like basically define that sort of spectrum that I was just talking about and articulate it in a really, really compelling way. Jeff, I wanted to take the rest of our time, unless Pete, did you have anything else on, on this topic to go down? I wanted to take the rest of our time specifically highlighting one of the chapters in The Price of Tomorrow, which... Again, if you have not yet read The Price of Tomorrow, you have homework. Do not come back to this stream until you have at least ordered it. I don't want to see you in the chat, Geekock, unless you have ordered Price of Tomorrow. You've been getting called out a lot this week. There's one chapter in particular where you talked about the future of energy and as how technology is going to uh, how technology is going to impact the way we interact with energy. And we talk, you spent a lot of time talking about the technology around solar and how it's not yet there. But you actually very excellently pointed out the way technology has already deflated the energy cost of solar. Um, throughout our conversation, it almost feels like what we're bearing witness to in, in that scope of things is the current iteration of solar technology, to, to use an analogy, is when Netflix was mailing DVDs to everyone. And they haven't figured out that next iteration. The technology has not quite caught up yet. But eventually, if and when it does, it will be so disruptive that our current systems in place should, in theory, shift accordingly. Um, do yeah, you feel me, the same way? So one of the things, if I said I could have changed something in that book, it, it, not that anything was that it, I had, was wrong with solar, and there's still lots of stuff happening with solar as well. But I wish I had explored nuclear and, and other forms of energy in this. Broadly, what I was talking about is technology is in everything, and you can't see it until you until it's there providing value. And so even even in that, what you'd say today, energy price is going through the roof, and and so people are people believe that those energy prices are going through the roof because. Uh, of scarce uh, scarce resources but that's actually not true what's where they're going through the roof is because of manipulated money 
because we've had more and more we we have fracking we have we we have more energy at lower prices today and, and more and more technology integrating into energy all the time and so from a system design what that means is unless you let that abundance flow to to society you have to create more and more money to make prices prices go up for forever and and, and you've probably heard me say this before, but abundance and money creates scarcity everywhere else and scarcity and money creates abundance because what the free market does is goes to solve those problems that are most solvable um, instead of, and, and so it doesn't matter whether it's solar fusion, something, something, but we can expect that we, we can expect that human ingenuity will create more and more value in energy all over the place. And Bitcoin specifically actually provides a floor for that energy price, uh, pricing and, and chases low, clean and abundant energy all over the world, moving us to a Kardashev type one planet by creating an economic structure to chase, chase cheap energy. The only thing that stops that is our monetary system. So that, that should be as we do that. And it, it, just do a thought experiment. Let's say we come up with fusion reactors that is un, that that you have complete clean renewable energy, and it happens tomorrow. Let's just do I don't know it's a crazy thought experiment, and it's all over the world, and you have an abundant energy for free, effectively. What does the existing system do? Because that free brings down prices of every single thing that uses energy, which is everything, and now you have massive deflation, and that means the existing financial system. Re- requires way more easing to block that deflation from uh, from reaching society. So out of that thought experiment, you can see exactly what's happening. It's being robbed from us through higher prices every, er, er, everywhere. And so from a from a in 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 the book specifically, trying to tie a whole bunch of broad themes together into a, into a narrative that was happening. You have to sacrifice depth in some of those to be able to, to have the breadth to be able to understand. But so I, 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 if I was to do it again, I would have expanded the energy chapter. No, definitely. I, I think especially over the course of this year, everyone has gone from being an armchair economist now an armchair energy expert, or at least I am. I want to remind everyone, we, we have about 15 minutes before we wrap, but please, please, please like and subscribe down below here on YouTube. There on Rumble one day, I'll figure this out. And if you are listening to this on any of our podcast platforms, please be sure to subscribe to check out all of our incredible interviews and our guests as well. Jeff, I'm curious as we see this global energy negotiation, the impending winter that Europe is going to deal with, the moves being made by the US to, to prepare itself for another leg up in gas prices, at least I, I believe there will be a new leg up. What are you paying most attention to? What is the noise in all of this signal? Or Sorry, other way around. What is the signal in all of this noise? It, it's, it's this, it's the financial system. So, so you can expect that the next step of this is people are going to retreat and go into their own backyard and they're going to blame others. So, so if you, if you think about a financial system for the U S and it's not entirely one-sided against this is nuanced, but the periphery used to be Africa and South America. That was U S's periphery where they would essentially 
there was a win for them at the expense of somebody else, and that was perifer their periphery. Well, you can see what's happening with Japan and EU right now. The EU and the in Japan are are the periphery. It's going to to be able to protect the U.S. You're not going to you're going to have to go inward and ex and and sacrifice others. And then in the e EU, Germany is going to have to go inward and sacrifice Portugal, Spain, Italy. And this is just and and if they don't, so if if they keep on essentially funding Italy and, uh, and, and such through, through Germany taxpayers, then Germany taxpayers will revolt and elect somebody else. So as people care about their own needs, they turn inwards and it's very easy to blame other, other people. It's a most, it's the most likely event. Why I wrote the chapter us versus them in, in, in the book is because when you could predict all of this, you could easily see what was going to happen all over the world as a result of, of a failing monetary system that could not work. But, but now even think about where we are in this cycle right now. So the Fed's tightening and the Fed's tightening to try to create demand destruction that will turn into a credit crisis. That's what will happen if that keeps on tightening. But that credit crisis will start in other places first. And, and when Japan's losing the value of their, their, their yen and, 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 and energy prices are exploding, what do Japanese have to pay for, the, for energy? And then energy is, is fundamental in all their industries, what happens to their industries? So you can see the interconnections all over the, all over the world. But, but even so much as, so if they keep tightening, that's that, so at some point they'll have to loosen. But as they loosen, they, they make their geopolitical rivalries stronger. So, so China gets stronger, Russia gets stronger. And so these, there is no fix from this exist from, from the existing system. There's just no way to fix it from the existing system. You have to have a transition mechanism to a new system. And now you could say some people believe in gold, right? As a transmission mechanism. And what that means is essentially I could revalue gold. We have a U.S. has a lot of gold. I could revalue gold and reprice the entire system through that revaluation and say, let's start again. But to do that, then Russia has a lot of gold too. And China has a lot of gold too. So I have to revalue gold with them. And then we all have to agree in the auditing of that gold to build the exact same system. Sorry, I'm going to go on R. And then everyone else in the world has to agree to the same thing to be able to do that, to, to agree to that new, new order. And um, and then we do the exact same thing again, and we kick the can down the road, and we start again. I suspect that that isn't going to be the way. It might be tried. People might talk about it. But I suspect that that is not going to be the way we get through this. I suspect that technology is the way we get through this, through Bitcoin. I think that as all of these events happen and people have their different ideas on how to revalue that debt and ch change, those ideas typically are imposed after a victor of a war. They're not negotiated before, especially in the environment that we have. So failing those ideas, you have Bitcoin, a network effect, and most people misunderstand a network effect. You have two network effects with Bitcoin and Lightning reinforcing each other. This is bringing more and more adoption. So I suspect that just uh, if I'm playing probabilities, that is the way the transition is going to happen. Not that there's not going to be a lot of noise on on what different ways to solve this from the existing system could solve it, just like there'd be a lot of noise before Sears died.
just like there'd be a lot of noise before Kodak died, just like a lot of noise from the existing monopoly on how they're going to stop technology from moving forward. So a lot of noise from the Fed and the money printers to justify them having control of the money. I know one of the questions that we tend to get a lot over. Can I, can I just can I just say this really quickly? The uh, isn't it hilarious that people wait on the Fed decision? It, like, there's this entire it, we we have an entire media setup. We have entire uh, pundits. The entire world is sitting is sitting waiting for when are twelve people going to destroy the currency? <laughs> and, and and the entire we wait. Okay, let's wait. Breath. Mm, let's wait. What's going to happen today? And we wait, and that becomes a pricing mechanism of every single other thing, houses, every other value, and all of our wealth. And we think it's wealth. And we, we hmm, what's going to happen today with those 12 people? And, and all so over the world. It's, 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 it's literally ludicrous. Like, what's Occam's razor? What's more simple? Yeah. Technology is actually deflationary. Prices should come down or... Let's wait on those 12 people and say, what should I do with my <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, it's amazing to me as an aside, like the amount of infrastructure that is put into trying to predict what they're going to say. Like there are hundreds of millions of dollars spent on like machine learning that analyzes the tone of their voice. And I mean, like, like there are governments that spend less money in the entire, entire military. Like when you think about the, the, the world, the amount of, uh, people on both sides of that in their entire thesis comes down to when somebody is going to manipulate money yeah and they call themselves an economist mm -hmm. right? and trying to predict <laughs> when and, they're and, going to manipulate and that to money. predict and predict in a chaotic environment yeah. in in something that is impossible to predict to to when that's going to happen when so somebody asked when jeff believes world reserve currency I don't think it looks like it, it might look like that on the way through uh, kind of the first order where people would actually peg to their currency to this and run an inflationary monetary policy against it. But what that may, would mean with technology moving faster and faster is that, that their currencies would fail faster and faster. And, and so the end state, I don't believe a world reserve currency. I believe it, it is money and it's going to be a peer to peer internet, peer to peer network that has velocity of money and, and money embedded into it. So it won't look like the reserve currency is essentially a, a, an, an architect of an existing system that relied on gold and then, and, and then pegged to gold and then created a reserve currency that everybody else pegged to. You can't have a, you can't have a world, you can't have a, uh, you can't have a currency that's pegged to a country. It's going to be it's going to be a network, and the period and the money is going to be embedded into it. I feel personally attacked, given the fact that I put so much time and effort to prepare our streams for the FOMC meetings. Hey, <laughs> you don't need to feel attacked because people, I know that people are sitting people around in bated yeah. in bated breath. I, like I'll admit, I got laid off in 2020, and as I went into my investing full time sort of methodology, I quickly realized like it doesn't matter what I do, like just do whatever the Fed wants to do, and I'll make money that way, and it, it worked. That's that's why there's hundreds of millions of dollars spent in trying to predict what the Fed wants to do, and that's why yeah, when you think about it, hundreds of millions, way bigger than that, right? The entire yeah. existing structure, everything, houses, all value creation. Yeah. All out of 
that that concept. It's just it, it's so ludicrous. And and we give and and why do you do it? And and why do you do it as a media company? Because more people are looking for the same thing. They're reinforcing they're reinforcing the thing that's making their life worse. Yeah. All over the place, trying to trying to predict the outcome. And and here here's the thing: what you learn throughout time, central banks are always co-opted by the state. And so it's not independent. It can't be independent because if they continue to tighten and you have a credit a cascading credit collapse and house prices fall and people are out of work at the rate that they're going to be out of work and banks are failing, then society is going to demand that the treasury becomes the Fed. And you will vote for people who will tell you not you'll vote for people who tell you I can save it all by giving you more by giving you more free money. So where we are in the cycle you can guarantee that eventually the, 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 what looks independent and it's not really independent, but what looks to have some independence is going to be co-opted over time. Jeff, this has been an incredible conversation. I'm like truly very sad that I unfortunately do have to say we're wrapping up here because we do have an episode of fed watch with Ansel Linder and CK <laughs> coming up in just a moment. I'm putting you on the spot. A, thank you yet again. You're coming back on the show. There's, there, I'm not taking no for an answer. I will just bother you incessantly from my NIM accounts, no less, so that you'll know which one all of my NIM accounts are. <laughs> perfect, perfect, Chris. <laughs> uh, Jeff, for our audience, how can they stay up to date with you, your writing, the work at Ego Death, and all of your countless other companies? Probably the best is just on Twitter at Jeff Booth. I, I typically link to new articles that I that I that I write. If somebody's building into the space, go to Ego Death, and we'd love to hear hear from you. Fantastic. Yeah, just want to echo that. Thank you so much. This has been an incredible conversation. I can pay you no higher compliment than I said very, very little. Because <laughs> <laughs> I talk this is a true. lot. And are you guys are you guys personally in Amsterdam? No, no. No. Okay. I wish. Oh, the company we, won't let me go. Right. They're afraid I'll never return. <laughs> it, it is a very valid concern. But just before we jump off, Jeff, I want to ask you a totally unrelated question. Um, what is something that has nothing to do with Bitcoin? that you take great pleasure in that you spend your time doing outside of Bitcoin. You, you know, we talked about your guitars. There you go. There so, you go. so I'm at my lake house right now. We're at the lake house because for the last year, we, we actually sold our place in, in town. I moved here because we're tra we traveled all year with the kids. We took them out of school and, and or online school and we traveled all, all year long. We just decided to do that again this year. But if you said what, what do I enjoy? I said this recently on a pod, uh, podcast. Wealth isn't money. Wealth is relationships. And and so what I enjoy is uh, it just if if I if I said the, the I'm the luckiest person on the planet, it's 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 my relationships, and that provides anything that I could ever want. So it, it's probably the reason I play guitar. It's because I love sitting around a campfire. Or having a having beer with friends and play play guitar and 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 so I have a I have an environment here where twenty six of my childhood friends bought around us. Wow! And you can imagine now they're all married and kids and everything else. So you just imagine that's not just that's just the childhood friends. Besides people I met here, and so it's not a very huge community. So if you just think about what that looks like, there's always something to do, and so I feel pretty lucky. Awesome! That is a fantastic answer. I'm going to steal that. I'm literally going to send this clip to all of my childhood friends and be like, all right, it's been done. We, we can recreate this guys. Let's do this. Yeah. Jeff, thank you again. 
We'll be talking to you again very soon, I'm sure. We're going to cut to a commercial break here and be joined by FedWatch, but I want to remind everyone to please, please, please smash that subscribe button down there on YouTube. Smash that subscribe button. I'm never going to figure this out. Up there for Rumble. We're going to be back after this commercial break, but of course, lock in your tickets to Bitcoin Amsterdam before prices go up. Use promo code BMLIVE and get 10% off of that and anything your heart desires in the Bitcoin Magazine store. Hey guys, this is Q from Bitcoin Magazine Live. Bitcoin Magazine and the team that brought you the world's largest Bitcoin conference is bringing the mission of hyper-Bitcoinization global with the inaugural European gathering this fall. Bitcoin Amsterdam takes place October 12th through 14th at the beautiful Westergaas venue in the heart of the city. Join thousands of Bitcoiners for three days of curated Bitcoin content that is relevant to the emerging Bitcoin scene in Europe and the global movement. Confirmed speakers include Dr. Adam Back, Alex Gladstein, Greg Foss, Ray Youssef, and many, many more. This will be an immersive conference which includes hands-on engagements at our proof-of-workshop stage, as well as exclusive content for VIP whales in the deep. Bitcoin Amsterdam's exclamation point will be a massive Bitcoin party and music festival that you won't want to miss. The European installment of Sound Money Fest takes place on day three of the event, October 14th, and admission is included with GA and whale passes. Check out all the details at b.tc forward slash conference and use promo code BMLIVE for 10% off. Ticket prices increase on August 21st, so grab your tickets today for €299 Euros for a GA ticket and €3,499 for VIP whale passes. The censorship-resistant issue of the Bitcoin Magazine print edition is available now. Grab your copy at your local Barnes & Noble store, or head on over to the Bitcoin Magazine store and use promo code BMLIVE to get 10% off of your order today. 